Welcome back to Tantra Cafe. This is Laurie Handlers, and Tantra Cafe is a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I wish you all peace. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Have you ever stopped to think about what's happening in your brain during sex? Is sex just a physical thing to you? Is sex more of a mental thing? Like in your experience, have you, and perhaps if you've ever happened to see the film What the Bleep, you know that the body is sending signals to the brain constantly and vice versa. My guest today is going to share something about the neurobiology of sacred sex. My guest is Susie Hoyman. She's studied, taught, written, and produced instructional videos on the subjects of the Kama Sutra, Tantra, and other spiritual disciplines and sexual disciplines since 1987. She currently runs the Internet sites Tantra.com and Tantra.org, both founded in 1995. Susie has co-produced three instructional videos on Tantra and the Kama Sutra, and she's the author of three books, The Everything Great Sex Book, The Everything Kama Sutra Book, and The Rules of Love, The 64 Arts of the Kama Sutra. Susie's an amazing being who ha- who's got way, way more in her resume than I can even get into right now, but some of it we're going to get into as we speak. So, Susie, what is it? What does it all mean? What does this all mean to welcome to the show, and what does it mean to have your brain? <laughs> Thanks, Lori. It's great to be here. And I would say that, you know, the body is our brain, actually. It... Um, and I think one of, the, one of the wonderful things about Western Neo-Tantra and, and actually old, ancient Tantra is that they, you know, the, the mind-body-spirit is all one. And in Western society, we've, um, we've tended to separate those things off. Uh, many of us live, in, you know, um, above our throat chakra, you know, as um, sort of distinctive heads that kind of hang out out there and we're in our thinking, anxious brain all the time. We're breathing high up in our chest. We're just, we're not embodied. Right. um, One of the wonderful things about the um, revival of Tantra in the West is that it is bringing together the bond and reminding us of the bonds of body and mind and spirit and lots of things are being developed out of that concept to help people bring all these parts together and and, and increase the um, you know the, the those three elements those three separate things are much more than their sum and when we can begin to work in those realms and work together in, with those things we become more enlightened, more conscious, more aware, more present, more focused, and understanding of what's going on not only in ourselves, what's going on with our lover, our partner, our children, our coworkers, our community, you know, and the world at large. And it gives us a bigger um, um, set of tools to, to be in life with. So this is, it makes a perfect sense to me. I'm not sure... You know, I don't know if it makes perfect sense to everyone. I mean, I say that we're talking heads walking around and that our body just gets us from meeting to meeting, and we put nice things on it. You know, we put jewels on it and we put nice clothes on it, but mostly people are pretty separated, and we've been taught that 
since you know since birth that there's something the spirit is more important than the body and i i certainly don't agree in that and one of the concepts in one of the concepts in tantra is that the temple that their body is our temple but when i talk about mind and brain you know one of the things i'm i'm um, researching and working on a fourth book which I, I, I would like to bring our mind more into the tantric sphere. You know, we've got the body and the spirit kind of covered, you know, and sacred sexuality and the, all the, the sexual, spiritual practices that um, are embodied within tantra. But bringing the mind in, to me, is recognizing the, the, what our body is doing so that we can use that knowledge to enable our spirit and our and our body to work better together and to work better in the understanding in our relationships in the world. So, for instance, if I understand that um, that when I get angry or get triggered, let's say that anger is arising in me, and that my amygdala and hippocampus sections of the midsections of the brain are going to start squirting cortisol which is the anxiety uh, stress uh, neurohormone. And what that's going to do is it's going to increase my heartbeat. It could even send my heart into irregular heartbeats. My, my, um, I'm going to be breathing very shallow in my chest instead of deeply embodied in my belly and throughout my body cavity. And so what that's going to do is it's going to put me into a fight-or-flight kind of um, a stance, which then... My brain is going to start then get, my, my higher brain is going to start going to the thinking mode on top of that, and it's going to help this spiral, um, a, a downward spiral really in a way, this spiral of negative thinking, negative self-talk, negative talk about the person that maybe triggered me, you know, whatever the issue is. And that all gets amplified to where I'm going to be, I could be stuck in that mood for days on end. Whereas if I understand that trigger in my mind, I understand through the body spirit practices of meditation, yoga, um, eye gazing, even uh, conscious touch with my partner, all those things that reduce the cortisol stress level, re- bring me back into relaxation and presence. If I understand that with my mind, I can immediately stop those triggers and go, oh, wait, if I just deep breathe, I relax, this is all going to pass within a minute. And I don't have to go into that negative cycle that is going to cause me hurt, not alone my partner, my my relationships out there that I've interacted with, but it's going to cause me very negative. Let me me say something about this, too, because, you know, I was a very angry person. I'm not anymore, but I had a huge slush fund of anger, and I didn't know where it came from. Right. Like, I just felt like I was born mad. I really don't know. I don't have any um, instance or memory of any kind of trespass or sexual um, trauma in my life where I was abused by a parent or, a, you know, a, a, somebody, an adult or whatever. I don't have any. I have all the symptoms of somebody who is, or I had, let me just put it in the past. I had all the symptoms of somebody who was sexually traumatized, but I don't, I don't think I ever was. I tried to check on it, but I still, I, you know, into my 50s, I was angry a lot until I learned Tantra. 
And when I learned Tantra, even the first time I ever did Osho dynamic meditation where I did breathing, 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 you oh, know that. that's a fabulous exercise. That nose thing, it goes, and then after the breathing, there's a lot of yelling, and then after the yelling, there's silence. I, after the first time I did that, I went, oh, yeah. This is for me because that's the time that my mind was quiet and it was relieved probably for the first time of any anger that could have been just looming. Yes, and your mind and body was quieted because of the actions your body was doing and the and the mind uh, letting go. Right, the mind let go because because it was so chaotic. It, I went past my point of thinking, I can keep breathing like this. And I went past my point of thinking, I can keep yelling like this. I went into, I spontaneously started crying. I uh, I had a flashback about my mother, you know, needing to speak to my mother who had been dead already a few years. And I, all this stuff came up and I didn't try to understand it. I, I was past the point of understanding. I just went for the process. And when the process was over, there was an actual place where I could be quiet inside. But until that point, I couldn't sit down and meditate. I couldn't, I mean, no amount of sit down, be quiet meditation could get any cortisol to stop flowing through my veins and right. into my brain, you know. And that's a feedback loop with our minds and our bodies starting from a young age. And, you know, who knows, Lori, what started it, where you're, you know, is it past life, is it, are you picking up generational stuff, are you, you know, who knows? And we can try to suss that out as much as possible, but really when it comes down to it, there are practices, as you discovered, that can clean our system out. It's almost like, you know, a good couple of multi-orgasms and you're just, you're like, oh, I am just clean, I'm clean, you know, <laughs> and... And so there's something going on with the neurochemicals and neurotransmitters, you know, all that stuff that allows the body to come back to a stasis point and reset itself. And if we do those practices enough, and if we do them with mindfulness, you know, and awareness, we we then reset the point. You know, it, we're living in fascinating times with the advent of the um, fMRI we scientists in the last six or seven years are discovering some phenomenal things and and um they are um they're understanding um you know they can look at minute sections of the brain while um thoughts are going on you know showing the client pictures things like that we we are being able to suss out the minute details of What's going on in a in an emotional state, in a um, in um, a physical state, and, and uh, it, it, we're just at the beginning of really huge discovery. And I think a lot of people are very interested in, you know, what is going on in my brain? What is going on in my body? Why? How do I? You know, what does dropping my shoulders and using my mind to visualize a beautiful scene? that I can imagine, you know, what is that, where is that taking me to, what's going on so that I can understand, so that I can perpetuate that state, so I can come back to that state and do it again. There's, there's, there's fascinating stuff going on. And, um, 
Yeah. Is um it, like just like when anger triggers the cortisol, is there something that a, ser- a serene picture triggers? Is there a different chemical, or is it just the absence of cortisol? Well, um, it, partially it's the absence of cortisol, but also, um, you know, it was fascinating at the Sedona conference to um, listen to where the latest wave, um, the newest breakthroughs that the Tantra community is going to around really realizing that it's our our childhood experiences, you know, taking taking man boys and taking them into manhood and um, and going back to that place of the you know really the nurtured baby um, uh, so much in western society and modern society our stress is related i think um, a lot to how we were raised as children if the mom had to go to work and the father worked who was the primary caregiver what kind of quality care was that baby getting from the get go because they're realizing that oxytocin which is the bonding neurochemical neurohormone is what drives our relaxation states and what drives our bonding and um, connecting states. And so as a tiny baby born, if you're nursing or even if the mother um, primary caregiver is holding the bottle, there's this intense eye-gazing going on between the baby and the mother at all times. The, you know, the mother's using expressions. The baby is just sucking up the information and eye-gazing, watching the mother's minute and subtle little changes in her face, and the mother's watching the baby. So this is where we're learning how to relate to others, how to um, notice subtle uh, uh, changes in the facial, facial structure that um, give us the ability to minutely read, you know, when we become adults, minutely read the reactions we're having with our peers, with our business people, you know, with our lovers, whatever's going on. So the better you are as a baby at that, the better you are at sussing out the other person's um, level of, uh, you know, where they're at at the moment, and then modifying your behavior to bring them more into um, uh, harmony, to bring in harmony. Um, oxytocin is the is a is a, expressed much more in women, although it is expressed in men. They used to think it was just orgasm, um, so that you know was for men. And then for women, orgasm, breastfeeding, and and um, childbirth. They're now getting that it's happening during eye gazing. It's happening during certain kinds of touch. Um, it's happening um, when we feel empathy. So the this oxytocin is so, being expressed. So- and so oxytocin yeah. is really it's a it's a major it's the major connector. It's the connector. It's the connector. We're gonna we're we're gonna pause for a moment, but we will when we come back we're gonna find out more about this. If you've just tuned in to Tantra Cafe, I'm Laurie Hamler, your host, and today my guest is the amazing Susie Hoyman. She is the president and CEO of LLL Media Group. And she's responsible for Tantra.com and Tantra.org. And she's well produced as a videographer and also as an author. And she's just been telling us about the brain, the chemicals in the brain that get triggered. And when we come back, we're going to continue with that. I have some very poignant questions for you, Susie. So stay tuned, everyone. Be right back. 
Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown. Fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me. Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Laurie Handlers. Today my guest is Susie Hoyman, and she has done amazing things in her life. She's produced instructional videos on the Kama Sutra, on Tantra, and on other sexual disciplines. She's co-produced three instructional videos. She's written three books on the subject, and her latest Real uh, passion is the the neurobiology of of the of the Western tantra or neo tantra. So, Susie, where we left off, we were talking about oxytocin as being the connector, the bridge between people that starts with the mother and child. Yeah. Uh, so if that doesn't happen, we we didn't you know we talked about if that does happen, you get the cues from your mother, and then those are the cues that you read later on. And as an adult, what if uh what if your mother was cold? <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know that we should go in that direction because it's okay. varying degrees. But I believe we can re-childize ourselves. We can rebirth ourselves in a way okay. with our lovers. We can increase, there's many ways we can increase our oxytocin, ex, um, um, ex, uh, you know the amount of oxytocin we're producing in our body with our um, with our partner, and just as a side note, oxytocin is probably one of those things that we're when we they're talking about a female Viagra or a probably they're gonna, we're going to be working in the oxytocin region someday. You can you can get precursor sprays now, but um, I I believe that's one of the areas that's going to get examined because it actually can increase arousal too. So. That's a, but that's another whole story. Yeah, that that's a whole scary thing for me. But I, I'm yeah. not gonna, like that. It scares me. Like who's making that and what they're using it for. But we should do another whole show on that. Well, we could because I actually believe 
because oxytocin is what causes the prostate and the uterus to actually um, pump. I believe that doing kegels and being really good at your kegels actually produces some oxytocin. So, but that's another whole story. So. No, but that's great. Listen, um, I have everyone do that. And actually, my the music for this show is my theme music, and it's because the reason it's it's by Jim McGrath. It's called Liquid Calm. The reason I use that music is that's the music that I teach people to do squeezing and kegels with to increase the oxytocin. I tell them, listen, you can make yourself happy. All yes. you have to do is breathe and squeeze, and you're going to breathe anyway, so you might yes. as well squeeze. And then when you but, get that feedback loop, maybe you practice that for a couple of weeks, that is entrained in your brain. You have trained your brain to connect those two things so that you can just do one of them later. You can just breathe. You can just do your kegel pumps, and the same actions will happen because you've entrained those two nerve pathways. Um, so, yes, that's yes. We could talk for 10 hours here, I'm sure. Um, so oxytocin is very important because what's happening, especially in like, let's, you know, so one of the big expressions for a couple is orgasm. But the thing about it is, it's, you know, it's dopamine and oxytocin are rising during the orgasmic response level pre-orgasm. Um, so we're looking at arousal and we're looking at the building of the energy and, you know, that old arc where it's going uphill and uphill and uphill. In the tantric model, there's a pause and then there's an increase again. So there's these series of little mountains that are being created that go higher and higher and higher. Now, if a man gets to the place where he's had, you know, five or six of these almost, or, you know, he's in the orgasmic state, he's hanging out there, but he hasn't ejaculated, He's, his dopamine levels, his excitement levels are really high, plus the oxytocin is, has, has the bonding um, neurochemical is also really high. If he what does dopamine do, though? What does dopamine do to the... Well, dopamine's to, uh, our, dopamine is our desire and reward neurochemical. It's the other really big thing. It, it, it drives addicts. Um, that that's the cycle that addicts get into where they where they crave something and the dop- their dopamine level goes up when they get it so they cr- go okay. back and crave and their dopamine level goes up again and so um, that's the extreme of it but in like like with um, a couple that has been together for a while maybe over two years when the where the romance stage has has worn off and you know they're having to sort of reinvent the wheel for themselves to keep excited. It's the dopamine, excitement, dopamine reward cycle that is what they need to do. So like if they pick up the Tantra practices, they get kind of excited because here's a whole new realm of things they get to explore as a couple, both individually and together. So that increases the dopamine level. It gets the excitement level going, and then there's the expectation of a reward from that. So that's that's the cycle that needs to be kept going in a couple that's been together for a, a while. Where the familiarity has bred perhaps contempt or just... Or just normalcy. Yeah, just normalcy, normalcy, couch potato-ness, non-desire, not so much desire, nothing new. Right. Exactly. So the couple can reinvent themselves by creating new new things for themselves, a little little bit of edge, a little bit of... um, 
of excitement because they're learning something together. And then if it's the tantric practices, they're increasing their oxytocin and their bonding chemicals too because it's these it's these practices where the couple's you know working together and it's they're sexual and so there's this whole whole upwelling of the good neurochemicals. Um, I shouldn't really call them good, but you understand what I'm saying. That, that ones that we desire. Yes. The, the, the ones that have a positive effect on the body rather than one that says go to war. Exactly, exactly. And but you know, have, I, when, I, read, um, I read Joseph Chilton Pierce's book, The Biology of Transformation. Did, and he said in that book that, uh, that we, could, we could almost do no other. That it's that we've got to maintain these these uh, meditative practices and keep focusing on the heart, because even when we know better, the brain, the reptilian brain, the part of the brain that's in the fight or flight feels threatened all the time. That I, I call that the ego part of the brain. Um, that wants to fight anyway. So it's so when you say we're retraining, is it as powerful? Can it overcome this reptilian part of the brain? Yes. Yes, for a bunch of reasons, but primarily, you know, when we talk when we talk about the cortisol and anxiety and the fight or flight tendency, there's another part to that that's not often mentioned. Women express a lot, uh, a, quite a bit more oxytocin in different situations than men do, and so what happens is they go to tend and mend because of the oxytocin in them because of the child rearing and that, you know, just they have their body brain has many more ways it can express oxytocin because of the nature of women's work in the world, let's say, especially a couple hundred years ago and in, in, into ancient history. So okay. what happens is they are t- they're going towards tending and mending their relationships that feel broken instead of fight or flight. And um, that is the region that, you know, bo- that, Everyone can work in both men and women to to increase the amount of oxytocin, increase the way of you know claiming something that you know oh I'm sorry and then going to tending and mending rather than fighting and flight and flight and um, that can help a couple of course smooth over differences and get back into um, uh, sync with themselves. Um, oxytocin. Uh, Oxytocin, well, so what happens, let's go back to that, the orgasm thing there that that we were talking about. So men have risen, you know, they've had a couple of peaks, they're feeling really good. If they don't ejaculate, they hold on to that dopamine and oxytocin. I mean, the oxytocin is going to sort of stay stay there anyway, but the dopamine levels are going to stay high. And what dopamine does is it increases our our awareness. It it makes, it peaks us, It, it almost takes the blinders off. So that we're aware of more in our environment, we're we're um, we're pumped up, we're um, we're much more alive, and that can be sustained for a period of time. For women, if if she's raising and having she, and she's actually having some orgasms, because women don't mm, this is getting into tough territory. They don't quite ejaculate like women do, like men do. Though some women do ejaculate, it's a different sensation it's a different essence and it doesn't tend to pull their dopamine levels down as far as it does for men when the dopamine um, and serotonin levels get off then serotonin rises especially in men that ejaculate and that that puts them to sleep it puts them into relaxation mode along with prolactin um, 
and women tend to not have that such sharp decreases and increases. They tend to stay a little bit more steady um, in their dopamine serotonin um, expression. And yeah, so they, they tend to stay they've, a likened women's, they've likened women's orgasm to women getting up after all having sex and orgasm, wanting to clean the house and do all kinds of chores. And right. And it, in, it energizes them. They tend to right. keep their dopamine longer than men do. Right. Men, and men want to go to sleep. They're like, okay, this is why Tantra has become, well, it's one of the reasons I think Tantra has become so popular, that men want to last longer and they don't want to lose their vital life force. Or at least maybe when they come to Tantra, they think they're just going to have better sex and they don't really know what it involves. But then it But then they get it. They start getting it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. We're gonna we're 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 gonna pause here again for a second. I I want to mention that uh, Susie said earlier in the show that we we were at this conference in Sedona, and I, I recommend you visit the website schooloftemplearts.com. Uh, the International School of Temple Arts was founded by Baba Des Nichols, and he's developing conferences and trainings worldwide along with a consortium of practitioners and sex educators who cooperate to bring a shift in consciousness across the continent, the cultures, the mores, and the history around the world. And that's where Susie and I met. We met at, although we've been in communication for a long time. For many uh, years, yes. Yeah, many years. But we we actually met face-to-face at a conference in Sedona uh, with the, from this uh, International School of Temple Arts so I recommend that you check out this website if you want to find out what's going on all over the world, schooloftemplearts.com. They were doing a phenomenal job. I was yeah. very impressed. I was, too. I was, too. I was beautifully surprised, impressed, happy, who, and all that I, all the people that I met there, it was... Uh, yeah. And, uh, by the way, I was really impressed with you. I am so glad we finally met. Boy, that workshop you gave was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I'm working on releasing the cortisol. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and making room for the oxytocin. <laughs> anyway, we're going to pause here for a second. We'll be right back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. You just have to type in Laurie Handlers or Tantra Cafe. You, when we come back, we'll be talking to my guest, Susie Hoyman, more about the effects on the body and the effects on the brain on what it, on when you're orgasming or when you're exercising ejaculation choice. We're talking about some really important things and how they affect the brain and how the brain affects the body, etc. So we're talking about this whole biological piece. So please stay tuned. Are you stuck in an area of your life? For example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing a lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner. Whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856-261-4900 for a consultation or visit 
kateholt.info. That's kateholt.info. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe, and I'm Laurie Handler, your host. And we are, I'm talking with Susie Horman, and Susie is an amazing authority on neurobiology in the brain and what happens in, with the practices of Western Tantra. And you can find more about Susie at tantra.com or at tantra.org. She's held these websites since 1995, and, the, and it's, her websites have been the hub of Tantra for quite some time. Anyone who wants to know anything about Tantra just goes there. So, Susie, we're, we're talking, we were talking before the break on why you'd want to store up some dopamine and why you'd want to store up some oxytocin. How does, how do endorphins fit in with this? What, what's the whole, you mentioned serotonin and how men get a dip and then they want to go to sleep right after uh, ejaculation. How about endorphins? Where do they play in? Because I know well, endorphins are a big part of the uh, up cycle. The um, the dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins are um, uh, opiates. Opiates, and they um, they get us going. They they um, our brain works better on endorphins. <laughs> Everything's kind of heightened, you know, um, alongside of the dopamine. So they're um, and, and endorphins are increased also during um, novelty, I would say. Um, so no, that, that dopamine endorphin reward cycle where you, you've got a novel new thing you're doing as a couple that's maybe been together for a while and you're doing it and, and it's peaking these um, neurohormones and you expect a reward at the end of some sort. So if you don't step too much over the edge and really choose a giant novelty, you know, but you you ease your way in to different novel situations with your lover, you're going to really um, manage the increase in um, excitement in your relationship that's, uh, that's a, a, you know, a very manageable kind of a level that will, that will keep these, these neurochemicals, um, you know, floating around in, in, in your body. And when you bring awareness to that, you, there's this whole new level of understanding about, oh, you know, I, um, I can, I can suggest that we play this game tonight, you know, on a, it's a Saturday night and we were gonna maybe do a little sexual game or, or maybe we were gonna create, um, a tantric ritual for ourselves for two or three hours and, and set a completely different mood to our lovemaking and practice some of the things that, you know, you can find on, uh, tantra.com or, um, different tantra sites, or you've learned from a tantra teacher. So you're you're keeping the oxytocin and the and the um, dopamine and the endorphins flowing, and you're you're you you are literally creating brain entrainment. Our brains are very plastic; they're discovering brain entrainment that keeps um, keeps the excitement level going. And, um, and keeps the awareness of that cycle going. And, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, that there's a lot of, um, research being done on, uh, longtime Buddhist meditators. The Dalai Lama's been involved in quite a bit of it, in fact. And their, their understanding now, um, is getting very profound about what meditation or meditative type, um, uh, ways of being are due to your brain. It, in, it increases 
the exponentially the size of the of the um, neocortex, the outer covering of the brain. That's our higher functioning brain, where we where we we um, our executive functioning, where we can you know we can control ourselves. Um, or we like can make better choices, like make better choices, understand situations better, things like that. And so, not only is it growing that area, it is allowing um, meditators and people that go into deep relaxation. It allows them to have better function over their body and their mind. And you know, that I'm, allows. I'm, pardon. I'm, I'm into physical immortality, like actually staying here, not going out of the body, not the spirit leaving the body, not dying, actually. Not dying. Actually, actually, it's, it's slowing a- the aging process also. So they're discovering all these things about relaxation, meditation, and how they can help us not only have sharper minds, but they can, they can help us be more present, more focused, um, focus, they're finding out all kinds of things about focused awareness. When we, when we focus mm-hmm. our mind, how, um, uh, the neural connections are working and how it's in, how they're, it's exponentially better for us to be calm and to be focused. And, and this, the, and is this the same, are you linking this, are you linking this meditative state to the orgasmic state? Uh, is that, is there a link uh, yes. here? Yes, be, because when you're relaxed and you're um, in a more meditative state, you um, you're moving closer to the theta wave state, and theta waves allow our emotional memories to become more consolidated. So, in a feedback, in a good feedback loop, if you are experiencing these states. Where you, you're, um, you're aroused, but you're completely relaxed, your mind isn't working, you're in a, in a, in an almost meditative state with your lover, your partner, and you're having fun, and it's a very relaxed state. You're moving closer to the theta wave state, which is consolidating these emotional, this emotion that you're having into your memory, and so the feedback loop grows, and you become more like that if you practice this way of being more. And then you can draw on that in your stressful situations during life and calm yourself faster and, and, and connect yourself back with your, you know, in your, in your spirit and brain and body. You, could get, you, can get, you get whole again. So can people do this? I mean, you're, saying, you're talking about lovers, and, you know, if you have a lover or if you're in a couple but I feel people who, who are single can do this also. I mean, they can do it with self-pleasure. They can bring themselves to various peaks and they can train themselves to have bigger, wider, deeper, more relaxing, plus more exciting orgasms. So they, I mean, I, I don't want to Absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. And in fact, the, the, the training starts with ourselves. Ultimately, it is with ourselves. And, and, all of these things are solo practices, absolutely, bringing to bear our mind. We can even, it's fantastic, even if you're partnered, to eye gaze with yourself in the mirror. Sit and breathe and meditate for a few minutes and then be in front of a big mirror and eye gaze with yourself for five minutes. It is phenomenal. So I suggest that people even that are in couples practice by themselves, absolutely. Now, with eye gazing, I just want to let people know that I usually recommend, and I don't know if you do, but I usually recommend that people look at the left eye. 
So when you're eye gazing, if you were eye gazing with yourself in the mirror, you'd have to be looking at the the left eye would be wouldn't be the <laughs> it would be a different eye. Like I I just t- trying to figure that out. If I was eye gazing with you, I would look at your left eye. But if I'm eye, eye gazing with myself in the mirror, I would look at my left eye, which is in the mirror. It's a different. It's in a different. It would be the right eye. Yeah. I don't. I don't worry so much about that. The left is the receptive, both on on the body and the eye and the hand. The right is the more active side. Right. What I like to tell people to do is actually circle it. You, when you breathe out and look at the left eye. Say there's two people involved, not the mirror. Okay. You breathe out to the left eye. You breathe in from their left eye, which is on your right side. So you actually circle. You create a circle pattern of receiving and giving and receiving and giving. And um, that can be done in the mirror. Just don't worry about what eye it is and, you know, okay. and, and circle, circle it. So that's, okay. that's an effective practice. I just wondered, uh, you know, I haven't done that practice, I don't think. I also see, I, there's also something else about the serotonin. It, you, it, I'm looking at some notes that you sent me and it talks about ecstasy, MDMA. Does our, our bodies produce that? Do our bodies well, produce MDMA? Well, actually I had had that in my notes because I had some friends who just got back from the first ever, the MAPS conference in San Jose a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and, um, the U.S. And other countries are starting to open up um, actual funded research for many of these things to be used for um, PTSD and, and uh, anxiety and stress and anxiety around dying, people that are terminally ill and different things. And there's a new study that came out. Um, I forget the man's name. It starts with a P. He's Italian who studied um, ecstasy. And he and the reason I've noted this is that because serotonin you know on ecstasy it's not such a great lovemaking um uh, sacred medicine because you're already there you're already in love with everything so right. it tends to um cut off arousal in the in a sexual sense in the body and you're just sort of there in aha in sort of a heavenly state already what they're noticing is is that that state is a high serotonin peak. So if you look at the at the transgression of a say a 6-hour ecstasy journey serotonin peaks in the middle of the journey goes very high and then subtly starts dropping off. What happens for men when they ejaculate is that serotonin starts peaking very high in relationship to dopamine that relaxation state, that sort of, ah, I just want to relax and go into the all of it, you know, the, the all with a capital A, that that is the same. They're noticing the same kind of peak, only it spikes faster in men, you know, when they ejaculate, when they've had an yeah. orgasm. So yeah. that's, that was that note. I it's see. It's the same sort of feeling state, only exaggerated in an ecstasy journey. I see. I wondered if my body could produce that. I <laughs> well, you know, none of these drugs, none of these sacred medicines, no, no drug would work in us if we didn't produce a similar it or a similar thing in our brains and bodies anyway. They wouldn't so we work. Could recognize it. We actually we could put a we could put some substance in our body and then we wouldn't be able to recognize it because it would seem foreign. 
if it wasn't yes. being already signaled. And it wouldn't work on us. It wouldn't, ha- it wouldn't sit in any of the receptor sites on our neurons. So, um, and when, you, when we talk about an ecstasy state, you know, we can get there in many different ways. Exercise, breath work, meditation, tantric sex, multiple orgasms. There are many pathways. You know, I even I can even feel ecstasy when I notice when I when I'm you know that you know that sort of overwhelming flooding feeling when you watch a small child in in that's really happy or you have empathy for someone and you get a flood of warmth through you. To yeah. me, that is a shot of ecstasy going through my body. Mm. I am one with that person. I am one with the emotion. And, um, and you know, I, I correlate those two things um, as, as being, you know, the same state. So that ecstatic state that you can enter into with, say, your lover or through solo breath practices and breath sexual practices, orgasmic states, you enter that state and you learn how to hang out in that state for longer periods of time and that is, and then become aware in that state of, of ecstasy and actually witness yourself in that state. And that's where I, I believe we get into training our brain to get conscious. Because it's hard in those, it's, it's hard in those ecstatic states to get conscious about it. We just kind of want to go with it and just be <laughs> in it, and be, you know. And that's Float away of, into the universe. <laughs> exactly. But if we become aware in that state and begin to gently witness ourselves in it, that's when we begin to make profound movement, um, to help facilitate our own rapid self-growth. Yes. Well, we're gonna we're gonna pause there for a moment. I, if you've just tuned in, you are listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and today my guest is Susie Hoyman, who is really telling us a lot about what happens in the body, what happens in the brain, what happens in the chemical reactions in the brain when we're training ourselves to do Western tantra. We were just talking about the high effect or the peak effect when we have dopamine, endorphins. Uh, and we have oxytocin, and it's, it, we get this ecstatic state. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to her about the vagus nerve, what that okay. is, why it's so important. The vagus nerve is an amazing piece of the body. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release and Lati Han, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now. And walk free from emotional baggage. We're back with Tantra Cafe, and my guest today is Susie Hoyman. 
And Susie, uh, you were telling us a lot of things about the just the natural state of the body and things that the body do and things that does and things that the body can create or be trained to do. And that's really the, the operative word here that we can, through practices of Tantra and other meditative forms, we can train ourselves to be in a bliss state or an ecstasy state most of the time. We have a choice. And yes, we have big choices. I can't, we can, both you and I can't stress that enough. That's why this has been such a fascinating subject. What about the vagus nerve? I know it's, it, it's the biggest nerve in the body, I understand, and it shoots lots of signals to the brain. What, what do we need to learn about the vagus nerve? Well, I got very curious about the vagus nerve, wondering about the chakra system and, and the vagus nerve, and I've, I've been a follower of Dr. Beverly Whipple for years. She was the original, along with Dr. Perry, John Perry, the original uh, 1970s book on the G-spot that was so famous. And she's a fascinating woman, and she's do, still doing uh, research at Rutgers. And she's researching with women who have complete spinal breaks, which means they're either quadriplegic or paraplegic. And she's taking these women and actually is is producing deep vaginal orgasms in them. And, you know, these women are just like completely in gratitude for this, that they can feel something in their body. And the reason they can is the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve does not run in the spinal column like most of our nerves. There's a set of actually 11 ancient nerve uh, 13 ancient nerve pathways that come from our, our reptilian brain, our, our ancient brain, the lower brain stem, and they go out from under the skull at the back of the neck and they travel through the body. The vagus nerve is the tenth number, is number 10, and it is a huge nerve. This nerve um, breaks off into two, two central branches and one innervates the top part of the body and one some of the lower areas. This nerve touch this nerve has points that touch to the back of the throat, to the voice box, um, our fifth chakra here at the throat. It goes to both lungs, it goes to the heart, it goes to many of our internal organs, it goes to several places in the gut and um, 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 in, intestinal system and, and stomach, and then if you look it up on Wikipedia, mostly the descriptions stop there. But it turns out Wikipedia isn't accurate, and um, the the new research that Beverly's doing and many other researchers now is showing that the vagus nerve also touches the uterus, the vagina. They believe actually, but the uterus and the and the cervix. And um, those are our organs that are deep inside the woman, um, up, you know, at the end of the, of the vaginal canal. And they also now there's speculation that's probably pretty strong that it innervates the prostate gland also. So what um, what's happening with the vagus nerve is that it it's not involved in the spinal column. So these women can actually have deep vagal nerve, you know orgasms not via the spinal cord which is broken in them and so it's it's um uh there's a lot of new research going on and what's ha- and what 
one of the things that I find interesting about the vagus nerve, years, years ago when I was studying with Charles and Caroline, we were also filming with them, and one night we were filming Caroline. She didn't always want to, in first-level classes, be demonstrating G-spot work and, and actual female ejaculation. So we came in, we filmed with them. This was in the late 80s. We filmed with them and so that they have a video to show instead of her sort of quote unquote performing. And last, the night, that night, Michael and I went back to our room and we were making love and I said, you know, Caroline was making these very odd noises and I'm going to make those noises right now. <laughs> Literally she was mentoring me. So I was in a high state of arousal and I opened my mouth and I emanated these deep resonating sounds that Caroline was making, kind of like, instead of the typical we see in pornography and stuff, ah, ah. if you try that yourself, you you hear that the ah, ah, comes from the throat up to our head. But if you try a deep sound, the whole body cavity resonates, It, it, it vibrates. And I believe that that is vibrating the vagus nerve. Because That's it's amazing. Well, wait a second, I've got to tell people, we just have to say who Charles and Caroline are because you oh. know who they are, but not everyone knows who they are. So what, who Susie's referring to is Charles Muir and Caroline Muir. They were probably the most significant and, and still are in their own right, the most significant bringers of Tantra, the deliverers of Tantra to the Western world. Right. They had more to do with most people getting educated about Tantra. Right. Than Early teachers, well. great teachers. So, yeah. so when you look at the chakra system, you know, you're innervating the first chakra, the second chakra, the gut, the third chakra, the heart chakra, the fifth chakra, the throat chakra, and very potentially the penile gland. Well, so to me, you know, I'm fascinated by the vagus nerve because by opening the mouth, vibrating the internal organs and the, of the body and moving that energy, and let's say maybe you're being stimulated. Let's take a woman, for example. She's stimulated by having intercourse or having her G-spot done um, uh, or, or deep, deep vaginal um, penetration to, to get that tip of the, of the vagus nerve down at the cervix and, and uterus. Then her uterus goes into contraction, and then, you know, she's moving that energy when she opens her mouth. So, you know, to me, the the vagus nerve is just, we're at the beginning, at the tip of understanding what the potential is for expanding and delivering multiple expanded orgasms. See, I understand from that research that I, I heard that... Um a person could be almost completely numb throughout their whole body with a spinal cord break, but that if they had one piece of skin the size of a dime or the size of a quarter on their body, and that skin could be stimulated erotically, like through blowing on it or licking or caressing that one little area left on the body that had some sensation that women could be brought into deep orgasm also that and that's also because of the vagus nerve and how the vagus nerve like spans out along every yes. area that you've just and they mentioned say, they say that actually at the location along the spine where the spinal um uh break or the spinal you know uh problem occurred that very often on one side or the other of the spine 
very in a very located area, that area will regenerate nerves. And if the lover, you know, if, so that what they say is, if, if you get the right kind of touch from the right kind of person at the right time in that <laughs> break area, fun. in that break area, you can train that area to actually produce orgasms for you. And I actually believe. I mean, these, these women, these, these guys are experimenting in fMRI machines with women who can think off, who can think orgasm, and they're noticing that the same, the same thing's happening. The brain regions, the same brain regions are firing as when they have a, a genitally focused orgasm. So we are all capable of training our brain, body, minds to have orgasms by just thinking about it if we've done the right kind of connecting and entrainment of our nerves to produce that. Well, Susie, this is most fascinating. And, you know, I, I really thank you today for coming on the show and being my guest because I, this this adds all the more fuel to the fire for why people ought to be looking at Tantra as an alternative for themselves, not only if their relationship is stale, but because they're being proactive in anti-aging and increasing the production of all these wonderful chemicals for the brain. I mean, you've just, you've done an incredible job today of showing us how we can produce peaceful, loving, ecstatic, amazing chemicals in our body by training ourselves in, in, in fun ways, in really fun ways. Fun ways, yeah, orgasmic ways. Yes. <laughs> It's, it's, it's amazing, Lori. <laughs> so I thank you so much for being on today. I'm going to let people know how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can reach Susie Hoyman at tantra.com or at tantra.org. And let's just, I'm going to say your blog here because um, that people might want to check that out too. Susie's got a blog at huffingtonpost.com. Yeah. And you just make a slash and then you, it's Susie. S-U-Z-I-E hyphen Hoyman, H-E-U-M-A-N-N. And so you can find her blog. You can find out a lot of more information. Susie, thanks so much for being here. I, I You're want... welcome. It was really fun, Laurie. It was, a, no, it, it was a good conversation. Really fun. And, and please stay tuned for my next show. My next show is going to be about healing the world from the bedroom. And there's be a lot of excitement there. So please stay tuned. Again, you can find me at Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can write to me, Laurie, at TantraCafe.com. And this has been an incredible show. Thank you all so much. I'm saying namaste from Tantra Cafe.